0: Coming up today on The Story.
1: I actually first went over to Papua New Guinea as a teacher to teach missionary kids. So when I then felt God calling me to be a translator, I had a pretty good idea what I was going into. I really knew that God was calling me to go into a more remote area. So I had the advantage of living on the island beforehand and knowing what to expect.
0: The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today we'll get some great insights into what life is like serving as a missionary overseas. Madonna Yates does the challenging work of Bible translation with New Tribes Mission in Papua New Guinea. She'll share the impact their work is having on the local culture and the impact it's having on her life as well. While back here in Australia on a break from her work, she sat down for a cover and a chat with Shelley Scowan, sitting on the porch with the crows in the background.
2: This sounds like a really exotic kind of role. Are you there in the jungle? Can you paint a bit of a picture about what your
1: life looks like in Papua New Guinea? Yes, I guess you could say it is pretty exotic. I live on a lovely tropical paradise island um, right on the very edge of Papua New Guinea on an an island called New Island, and I live very close to the ocean, and... um, Surrounded by waving tropical palms, as you could imagine. Wow! So it's one of those
2: postcard perfect kind of places, is it?
1: Yes, it does look like that. Yes. Yeah. Is
2: it a village? What What do the you know are the people in grass huts? Uh, what What does it look like in that regard?
1: Well, around us, the people live in yeah bamboo huts with grass roofs and very simple, basic living accommodation. No running water, no electricity. Mm. Yeah, as you would imagine in a village, yes. Yeah. So do you live in those kind of uh, situations as well? No, we're a bit of a step up. I work with another family. We do have solar and um, uh, solar electricity and uh, running water, which the the local people don't have. But Mm. it's like a a weatherboard Queensland house I live in. Okay. So...
2: You've uh, got a measure of the um, conveniences of mm-hmm. modern life there. It is a great help, yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's pretty different to the culture that we're used to here in Australia. What was it like for you when you first moved over there? Was it a bit of a culture shock? I'm sure you would have done a bit of research. You kind of knew what you were going into. But what was it like? You had to you know, live amongst them for a while to really get a bit of an idea of what they're like, hey?
1: Yes, definitely. Um I've actually first went over to Papua New Guinea as a teacher to teach missionary kids. So when I then felt God calling me to be a translator, I had a pretty good idea what I was going into. I was um, I had a lot of questions before I went into the tribe, before I went into full time missionary work. So um, as I was teaching the m- missionary kids. I could really knew that God was calling me to go into a more remote area. So I had the advantage of living on the island um, beforehand and uh, knowing what to expect. Mm. And yeah, feeling as though God really wanted me there. So those sorts of differences, I think for me now. The differences in culture the, is when the culture surprises me. Like I feel all of a sudden, oh, I'm not a Papua New Guinean. <laughs> you know, I feel so much a part of the people now. Yeah. But um, when I get caught out, I think, oh, I'm not really one of them now. Yeah. That's when I okay. really, really feel really sad about that because uh, generally I feel very much a part of the Papua New Guinean people now. Yeah. I'm very comfortable there. But it's those times where I catch myself thinking, oh, I'm I didn't not actually one, one, of one of them. them. Yeah, <laughs> that I feel a bit sad about that. But yeah, it yeah, well. catches me right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's
2: lovely that you feel so much a part of their culture and their village and their lifestyle because yeah. that's an important thing when it comes to translating the Bible. You really need to understand their culture and their way of life and even the way that they say things, don't you?
1: Yes. It it took me at least three years to get to the minimum based level to be able to translate mm. and. In that it's not just learning how to communicate in their language because language communication you need to understand how they think culturally as well yeah. and so a part of our training with new transmission is to learn not just the language but learn features about their culture be like a be a, um, we're a little bit of an anthropologist for a little while yeah. well we're always learning about how they view life
2: yeah. and
1: how so how different it is to our own culture. And it really makes us as missionaries look at our own culture and see, you know, that's our culture. It's not biblical. Yes.
2: Always. So we Because the biblical culture was very different to our culture as well. And so
1: you've got to make sense of all three, really. Yes, you do. And you have to separate them because yeah. we have to separate from our own culture because sometimes we think it's, Bible-based. We're basing it on scripture, mm. but it, it is. It's just our own preferences sometimes. So it's, yeah. we need to be wise and be um, open to that and realize, okay, how we do it in the West, in Australia, isn't necessarily how God wants it to be done mm. amongst the Papua New Guinean people.
2: So really what you're doing is ultimate Bible study. It, you mm. must have gotten so much out of it yourself personally where you have to tear apart each verse mm. word by word and really see exactly what the original meaning was and translate it into the words that these people would understand. Mm. It must have been pretty edifying for you, or I mean, still be, fairly edifying for you to really dig that
1: deep into God's Word. It is something I really do enjoy. I love to study and mm. I love to do... Um, Yeah, I do do like to do that research side of things. Um, You know, it's a very humbling job being a translator and I don't think I have all the answers for uh, every verse and everything, Mm. but I do ask God, please help me to communicate your truth Mm. to these people as clearly as I possibly can. But, yeah, it does require a lot of study and looking at a lot of different resources to see where different people differ Mm. with those verses. Mm.
2: How many Christians are in the tribe? You're working with the Patpitar people. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it about 10,000 people speak that language? Yeah, they'll be close
1: to that number, I think.
2: Okay. So when you get um, all this translation done, I know you're just kind of doing bits at a time and Mm. giving them the bits that you've done kind of thing of the Bible to get it to them as quickly as you can. How many people are reading it? At the moment... um, I guess it's it's tricky isn't it, it because is. some of them well there's going to be more and more reading it and you're working with literacy programs and all the rest too that, aren't That's you? true
1: that's yeah. true Um yeah I guess on on the whole there'd be probably about maybe 50 The reason why I I'm not sure well we I don't have it p- completely printed out yet mm. And so the people who are helping me and the People who've become Christians through the Bible teaching program, they are using it. Wonderful. We're actually currently using another mission translation. It's the SIL translation, uh, and it has been available for the last 20 years, but one other one of the challenges is, is that people are not comfortable reading in their own language. It's an oral language, and very little thing is, very few books are written in that language, and the only complete book is the Bible, the New Testament. So they don't necessarily feel comfortable with reading um, their own language, which is uh, hard to imagine, but mm. yes, it, they do find it hard. So that's one of the barriers for them to read uh, clearly and fluently in their own language. They just have never seen it before in their own language. So that's wow. why literacy is so important.
2: What is actually involved in Bible translation? You sit down with a Bible and you sit down with a pen and you translate. But it is such a process, isn't it?
1: Because you need to get it right. That is correct. And there's many steps along the way to make sure it is right. Mm. When I um, I pray that my translation will be as clear as possible, as close as possible to God's Word, mm-hmm. understanding there's going to be cultural differences there, mm. and I want it to be enjoyed to read and I want people to feel like it is a part of them. So getting that balance right, because I know that when I translate, there are certain um, things that they are not clear about, about biblical culture. Mm. And even the things that God talks about, they might see or view a little bit differently that I need to be careful that I'm communicating the same. And, and the what, heart of God, the, the true heart of God, heart of God in yeah. that—that's right. So there's no one word for one word correlation oh. often, and so wow. it is a daily prayer and um, uh, anguish of mine that I make sure that what I translate is as close as possible, mm. but not um, adding to too much, because sometimes I do have to clarify things or take anything out. So there's probably about. 15 steps I go through to make sure it is clear okay. and I don't do it alone. I have my papata pup, helpers who are incredible help to me to make sure it's flowing well and giving their input on the culture side of things but also have my co-workers who also are a very vital part of, of the checking process.
2: Because it really is a massive responsibility and I know you feel the weight of that responsibility. We look at the way that the Bible has been handed down for the last thousands of years uh, and all of those people felt the weight of that responsibility too. And there's all those stories of the scribes that would uh, get a new pen when it was time to write the, the, the name of God and just all of these things where the Word of God is taken so seriously um, and to, to have that on your shoulders is a wonderful uh, privilege really to get to do that and to bring God's Word to a whole tribe of people that have never had it before.
1: It is a privilege and it is an honour. Mm. And um, But as you say, it's an awesome a huge responsibility to get it right. Mm. So um, I'm ready for my final check on Exodus. Woohoo! So um, that involves another lot of uh, checks and balances as well to make sure it's right. So yes, I praise God for that and and um, for His help day by day in getting it the way it is. Yeah, oh. and it's not a fast process
2: either. Uh, one figure I heard was that it took you about eight months to get through three hundred verses. Is that is that
1: right? Uh, five yes. hundred Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yes, it took me. Um, yeah, eight months to do
2: five hundred thirty. Yeah, yeah. But you've got to make sure that they're all right. So yeah, it's a, a slow process, but very encouraging. So the New Testament is already done. You're doing the Old Testament. Have you done Genesis as well? Are you working from the beginning, or how do you choose what to do?
1: Well, um, with New Tribes Mission, uh, we have three core things that we do. and the first thing is to teach God's Word, and we teach from creation to Christ. And so the second part is translation. So that's where I fit into the 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 picture. And so those important stories that reflect God's character and who we are and God's plan of salvation, they're the ones that I'm highlighting or translating right now. Mm. And so at the moment, they're the ones I want to do. I'm about halfway through those, so I'd like to finish that by the end of this year. And then um, uh, I'd like to go back and complete whole books, like the whole of Genesis. Genesis.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowan is chatting with Madonna Yates, who serves as a Bible translator with New Tribes Mission in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. We'll hear more insights into life as an overseas missionary when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. We're continuing with Shelley Scohan chatting with Madonna Yates, who serves as a Bible translator with New Tribes Mission in Papua New Guinea. Next, we'll hear about the impact their work is having on the local culture and some of the challenges she's facing as well.
2: So you're translating the Bible into their language. The New Testament has already been done. You're working on the Old Testament at the moment. I guess it kind of goes without saying then that literacy programs are so important when it comes to translating the Bible because there's no point having a Bible there in their language if they can't read it and if they don't want to read it as well.
1: That's true. And if they can't read well, they don't want to read it. So yeah, literacy covers all all bases. We start with those people who cannot read and write, to the, to the people who can read in the trade language called Talk Pisin. Even a little bit of English, but what we do in our literacy programs is get them familiar with reading their own language because there are no other books written in their language. No other books written in their language? No, only the the Bible and now the books that we we have um, produced with regards to literacy and also with the Bible teaching program now. Wow, that's
2: amazing. It's a really... Um, quite a a huge responsibility for you guys then. How is it accepted then when you you have these literacy programs and things and I guess in our culture it's just generally accepted that children learn to read and write at school. How is it accepted amongst adults then? Do you have many adults that are coming and wanting
1: to learn to read and write? It is really, really hard for adults to say, I need help. Yes. Yeah. It's a, a thing of great shame. Mm. that they, As it is in our culture as well. Be. There is a bit of a stigma around it. It is. And it's which, the same for them. Yeah. 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 Um, so for adults, it takes a great deal of courage to do this. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I guess once
2: they are Christians as well, then they see other people reading from the Bible, they decide that they want to hear
1: from God themselves as well. That's right, yeah. I think when there is a hunger for um, God's Word, that motivation certainly kicks in more,
2: Mm. yeah. That's great. Is this having wider uh, ramifications as well when people learn to read and write? It's not just that they can uh, read the Bible, but they're learning other skills in terms of their own you know, uh, jobs and things. Is, that, is it having any other
1: wider r- fruit? Not at this stage? I think, yeah, I do think so. One of them, um, my neighbour, Anna, she did not complete school and she couldn't read or write. And now she's teaching her own children. Oh, wow. Okay, she's uh, able to help her own children at school. So, yes, I do believe there are other helps. Look, um, employment in Papua New Guinea, there's so few jobs. People might finish school, but there's no jobs at the end of it for the majority of them. So, um, But with their day-to-day living and lifestyle, life decisions, I'm sure it would help them just improve the quality of life mm. in general as well.
2: Yeah, knowledge and education is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It is. It opens very so many empowering. doors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Give some. One of the quotes that you have talked about is that uh, the the importance of translation, so they can have the Bible, literacy, so they can read the Bible, and teaching, so that they can know the Bible and enjoy it as well, because. Um, I guess that is the next step. Once they can actually read the Bible, they need to be able to understand it as well. And so you're running some
1: discipleship programs as well? Yes. um, uh, For many years now, since 2009, we've um, been presenting um, different Bible courses to the Papata people. And there's been a lot of men come to faith. And because they work alongside my co-worker Aaron in the office, we were finding that the men were growing immaturity. But the women were kind of lagging behind and um, because they weren't having that interaction with God's Word as much because you know they have to look after home and family and so on. So in the last two years, we've started a Bible course or Bible study with the ladies just reading a passage and seeing if they understand what it's saying and then applying it to their life. And yes, it's been wonderful to see just the just the maturity and growth of their trust in God um, and their belief in in God through that process. And now we're in the process of handing it over to the ladies themselves to run.
2: Mm, So exciting just to see it go from, you know, you sitting in an office, typing on a computer, trying to get this translated to the real fruit that you're seeing in these
1: people's lives. How exciting to see that growth. It is exciting. It's a slow process. Mm. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, It takes many, many years of investing um, into their lives and asking God to continue to um, work and grow in their lives because people don't become mature overnight either. So Mm. there's always growing pains.
2: Yes, there's growing pains and there's many challenges along the way. For you, your health has been a big challenge. Um, And I hear that you're you're fairly well all clear now, which is great. Um, And heading back to PNG, what are some of the challenges that you are facing? I guess the
1: isolation is probably a big challenge. And I think for me, yes, you are away from your friends and family back in your home country. But it's also that fellowship amongst other believers in your own culture as well. So Mm. coming back to Australia once a year and having fellowship with other Christians, I think... You get your booster shot. Yeah, I do. It yeah. does. It you it can become very intense um, and you're fo- so focused on what you're doing there. You can lose sight of the big picture. So coming back is a lovely way to step back and reflect and look at what God's doing. There's those challenges. There's technical issues mm-hmm. like computers uh, com- computers you like we I can't go down to the corner store and or go you know to the nearest shop and and you know get things sorted out it could take months to yeah. sort things out on the technical side so you know you trust god with that uh, he knows it was going to happen and you know, he uh, sometimes has very good reasons why different challenges come our way. Mm. It's always uh, a way to refine and grow us as as missionaries too with these different challenges. Also, there's relationship challenges as well. Um, you're talking about culture earlier. Um, sometimes you do things incorrectly. Um, uh, you think it's right in your own culture when it's not in theirs, and so you... Make a few mistakes there, and that's one of the challenges because it can affect your relationships with one mm. another. You don't intend to offend, but, you you know, th- these things happen at times, unfortunately. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah, and then you've got to make amends and backpedal as much
1: as you can. That's <laughs> yeah. right, and, you know, God can use me when I've made a mistake to show, yeah. okay, can you please forgive me? Yeah. Can you? Um, I'm sorry I had done that. I didn't realise, but I'm... Yeah, can you please forgive me? And it's a way to, in some ways, disciple and, and show them how to do it. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm yeah. doing it the way Christ would like me to do it. Show the humility and everything. Yes, there. Yeah, that's
2: right. Oh, what a wonderful story. And really, there's, I, I struggle to think of any greater legacy that you can th- leave behind but the Word of God with a bunch of people so that they can continue reading it for generations to come. What an amazing legacy. What an amazing thing for you to be devoting your life to.
1: You know, before I I entered the work of a missionary, actually very early on, I wanted to say, I I asked God, please let my life count for something eternal. Mm. And I think, yeah, He has shown me how I could do that with my life, using the talents and the abilities that I have. And I'm thankful for the Lord that He could use me to do that. Yeah,
2: it's um, just a a matter of us asking God how he would have us uh, used for his purposes. For some, it's going to the jungles of PNG. For others, it's going to our office every day. It's the way that God chooses to use us for his kingdom and for his glory. Madonna, what an amazing story and an incredible thing that you're doing over there in PNG. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to tell us about your ministry.
1: My pleasure, and thank you for asking me.
0: That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Madonna Yates, who serves as a Bible translator with New Tribes Mission in Papua New Guinea. For more information about the work of New Tribes Mission, their website is ntm.org. That's ntm.org. And right on the front of their website is the Bible verse known as the Great Commission. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all all my words. And that's exactly what Madonna and her team are doing there in PNG. We pray that the Lord continues to supply all their needs and leads and guides them in their important work of bringing the gospel to people in remote areas. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. He said,
2: um, unfortunately, as we were traveling down for the meeting, Ben was in another
0: car and they had an accident and and Ben was killed. By this stage I loved this man and I just broke down crying. He was a well-known man,
2: loved and just everybody broke down crying. We were just crying
0: and I didn't know what to do. Ten minutes and uh, Ben walks in. David Odd served as a missionary in Papua New Guinea for a total of 23 years. But his story is somewhat different than most, as he had served for five years before becoming a Christian. We'll hear the incredible story of the unsaved missionary next time. The story. story. Just another way Vision is connecting faith to life.